remember being asked to speak, and and uh, we're just so grateful that uh, the Lord has uh, uh, brought us here for this time. Amen. And uh, it's so wonderful to have the privilege of just being with mom and just getting her, helping her get settled into the next in her life. You know, this is not our idea that she come here. I mean, that she come and settle uh, in her next situation. We would have loved it had she stayed with us until Jesus came back. <laughs> Excuse me. But... But the Lord spoke to her, and the Lord gave her a verse. And this is something of the heritage of the Lord that God, God has used mom and dad to put into our lives, is that we need, to, we need to just walk life knowing that God can speak to us in definitive terms. And so God spoke to her specifically. I mean, I'm telling you, when God says it, uh, others may de- try to deny it and they say it, but you can't deny it. Amen, mom. And so she's here by the word of the Lord. And so, um, our desire is that you receive her that way and that you know that God has her in this time of season in her life for a special purpose. Amen. God isn't finished with you yet, mom. He's still got some stuff for you to do. Amen. And we're believing that God's going to give you souls at Clark Jerry. And that God is going to just give you opportunities to uh, to make a difference in people's lives. Amen? How many agree with that? With me for that? Amen. Come on. And so we, we just want to honor her. She's a tremendous mom. Thank you for uh, giving birth to me, first of all. <laughs> Uh, but more than that, just for being a, a Christ follower. She's been steady all my life. And uh, she's been a strong person in God that I could always look up to. And I thank the Lord for that. Amen. Praise God. I just love being in the presence of the Lord with you all. This is an awesome time. Come on, let's just give the Lord a, an offering of praise. He's worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy, and it's all about Jesus. Amen? None of us can claim that we have anything special going on. It's just Jesus and His goodness to us and His grace. Amen? And so it's so awesome to to be able to preach from that standpoint and to just share the Word of God from that standpoint that we're not here trying to make you do something. (laughs) Amen? But the Lord has challenges for His church. Amen. And I believe, I just love the scripture that Ed Solo shared. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and all who dwell in there. Amen. The Lord gave that scripture to me in 2012 when I was performing my first wedding at Nairobi Lighthouse Church. And it was, and the Lord gave it to me this way for the guy, for the man. You remember this guys that you're married. In Kenya, they have a funny saying. Sometimes they say at wedding, at weddings, they give out the, the wedding certificate at the end of the service. And they say, now this guy is your title deed. This is your, this is your farm you're buying. <laughs> Which is, it sounds funnier when you say it in English. It's your shamba. Amen. But, <laughs> but it's, 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 the implication is that this is my wife. And my property to do with as I please. 
And that, could, that couldn't be further from the truth. <laughs> my wife is not mine, although I joke a lot. Her name is Molly. To say the word Molly in Africa, when they pronounce it in Kenya, they go, Molly, Molly. And so when I want them to pronounce it correctly, I use another word in Swahili that sounds just like it, called Mali, which means property. <laughs> so I joke and say, Mali ni Mali yangu. Ye ni Mali yangu. She's my Mali. <laughs> She's my property. And so... But that's, that's, that couldn't be further from the truth because in actuality, these ladies are daughters of Zion. They belong to the Lord like everything else in the earth belongs to the Lord. And our responsibility and our joy and our pleasure is to take care of that property of the Lord. And what's the difference between owning something yourself and being the property, being a steward of something, is that at the end of life, you have to give a report. You have to take responsibility for how you treated that person. Come on. And so, so it, and it's, it's wonderful that, that, um, that this wonderful work of grace in Christianity is a free gift. Amen. But there's a reckoning that's going to come at the end of our lives. We're going to have to give an account for the, for the life that we've lived. Amen? And more than that, the Lord wants to turn His grace into a perpetual grace. Amen? So if we get it free, we have to give it free. Amen? If we get it free, then we have to be Christ-like. If we get love free, unconditional love free, then we've got to love unconditionally. Amen? And that's what I want to talk about today because God has given us this chapter right in the middle of 1 Corinthians called the love chapter. It's the chapter that just is so full of love and it's really talking about the higher road. It's the higher road than, than being used of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Because character will always take you further than giftings. Come on. It'll keep you somewhere. It won't just take you somewhere. It'll cause you to to prosper within that place. And so God wants us to grow. How many believe God wants us to grow? How many believe God doesn't want you to stay or me to stay the same way I am today? Amen. When I first met Solo, he was not as mature as he is now. Amen. You know, and there was nothing wrong with that. But if he would today be the same, you know, level of maturity that he was at the age of 19 or 18, then there'd be a big problem. Don't you think so? You know, when the guy, when the guy tells his mom to get the milk out of her bag so he can suck on his bottle, he's too big. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So I want to read a couple of scriptures to start. It says in Luke eighteen seventeen, Surely I say to you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will know by, by no means enter it. Amen? Because the other part of what I want to talk about today is that the Lord wants us to, to grow in maturity. Amen? As, is, as people that love. Amen? The love of God in us to grow in maturity. But He also wants us to grow in childlikeness. Amen. So the other scripture is, when I was a child, come on, 
I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. And I thought as a child. But when I became a man, how many, how many men do we have in the place today? I put away childish things. Amen? Praise the Lord. So there are some things in life we need to get more grown up in. And there are some things in life we need to get more childlike in. Come on. If we want to be more Christ-like, there were some things he was very childlike in. Okay, praise the Lord. So we look at the love chapter, and, and, and it's really talking about God's love. Another way of saying agape, or, or the Greek word for, for love, is give. It's a, it's a giving love. It's a love that doesn't expect a gift. It's a love that gives out. Amen? And so, and so you know, it's, it's the love that God gave when he said, when he said in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he, it doesn't say God so loved the world that he took an offering. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't, it doesn't say that God was, was just sitting there in heaven and sort of waiting what we're going to do. No, he took action. Amen. And that's the way, that's the challenge for us today, that we not remain as we are, but we continue to grow in the love of God. Why? Not for our own benefit. We already have Jesus. Amen? Not so that we can be uh, more enriched in the personal salvation that God has given us. But I'm telling you what, life gets better. Amen? When we see other people come to Jesus as a result of our selflessness, as a result of Christ being able to work through us, we see our, our own world gets larger and larger with the, with the, the reward of knowing people who were once in darkness that are now following Christ. Come on. Amen. So a giving, a, a being a giving person re- requires a maturity in three very important areas of my life. Number one is to, I put away childish speech. Amen. This is a real practical message, guys. This gets right down where we live. This happens on Monday morning. In fact, it happened yesterday. <laughs> it happens too easily. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 17, 7 says, Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool, much less lying lips to a prince. So what are we, to- what are we, what are we talking about excellent speech? Excellence, you know, sometimes we need to learn the English language better than we know it. We've got to learn the difference between what we want to say and what will really communicate what we want to say. Isn't that right? Because communication is not just about, it's not just about what I say. Communication is about how you perceive what I say. Is that right? And so to grow in the, in this area, we've got to, we've got, we've got to, we've got to grow in our grasp of the language so that we can speak to each other. Amen? Proverbs 10.18 says, whoever hides hatred has lying lips and whoever spreads slander is a fool. So covering up yourself with smooth talk, amen, will never build relationships. Amen. You can, you can, you can, you can, you can try to hoodwink me once, 
but I'll get it the second time or the third time or the fourth time. That's right. Amen. So we've got to grow in these areas. Proverbs 20 verse 3 says it's an, it is honorable for a man to stop striving since any fool can start a quarrel. It takes a real man to stop the quarrel. <laughs> Amen. Man, it's quiet up in here. <laughs> it takes, it takes a real man to, it only, well, it takes two fools to continue an argument. Amen. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool vents all of his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. So the mature are always find a le- will always find a less offensive way of communicating. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, these are, these are areas that, that God has been speaking to my life about that I need to come up as I show the love of Christ to other people. Amen? Hallelujah. And this goes to showing the, the love of Christ to my wife and to my children. And that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. Because <laughs> I can be nice to you because I don't know you. You know? But my son Joe, he knows how to, how to push the right button. <laughs> and you probably have a son or a daughter that knows how to do that too. Amen. But, but th- this is where we live. Amen. James 1.26 says, If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart and his, and his religion is useless. Right? So what I got out of that is that, you know, always and never are a good example of unbridled speech. When people say, you always do this to me, you always act this way, <laughs> then it's, it's really, it's really uh, on my part, I'm, instead of speaking, you know, there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to say that you've offended me. The right way is to say, you know, I, I really felt like you said something. I, maybe I misunderstood you, darling, because I love you with all my heart and I know you'd never say this to hurt me. <laughs> That's the right way to say it. Rather than say, you always. <laughs> Amen. And so, and so, you know, these are, these are ways that God can work in our hearts. Amen. The tongue is very powerful. Our tongues can release the Spirit of God, as even in prayer, as we were talking about prayer, he, he just talking a, 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 a good thing, a, a building, an encouraging word to somebody can, can start a process in their life that will change their life forever. Amen? But in the, the, the opposite is also true. And Satan wants to come in and rob us of... The potential growth of the kingdom of God by making us stay like we are in certain areas of our speech. Because <laughs> speech is a huge area where we sh- either the Holy Ghost shows up or the flesh shows up. That's right. And so, and so when we allow the Holy Spirit to have His way and we put down the flesh, sometimes you've got to stomp on the flesh, then we find that Jesus is going to be more He's going to be bigger in that area. He's going to be bigger in that situation. And that, and that God is going to have room to bring the redemption upon other people. Amen? 
I don't want to remain saved by myself my whole life. I want to, I want to be able to influence other people to say, brother, that's what I want in my, that's the kind of Christianity I want. That's the kind of behavior I want. That's the character I want in my life. I want to talk like that instead of always just, you know? And, 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 uh, in the society we live in, talk is very cheap. It's it just, you know, and some of this isn't just about verbal communication. It's about, it's about social media verb, uh, 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 what do you call it? Communication as well. Because we can, we can swear, we can, we can degrade with our typewriter, with our computer just as easily or more easily with our, with our voice, uh, activated, uh, iPhone, you know, just as easy. We can slander, we can, we can make all kinds of problems. We can put people down the same way with voice or with a type, with a, with a tweet. Amen? Amen. So some of us, I mean, you know, if I'm going to grow, I've decided this year, if I'm going to grow in the Lord, I've got to get further away from social media. I've got to, I've got to, you know, I'm taking a break right now. I don't know till when, but I'm taking a break from Facebook. And that's not, it's not a, you know, it's, it's not, I'm not asking anybody else to do that. But I'm just telling you my story. I've got, I, I found a way, I mean, I, I realized after the election that things were getting toxic. And, and, and I, I didn't want to get caught up in the toxicity. And so, you know, there's some arguments you just walk away from. You don't have to answer them. <laughs> you don't have to speak into them. You, you just, you know, sometimes Christ will remain silent on an issue until somebody wants to hear what he has to say. Amen? And so we can be his voice, but we can't always be his voice if people don't want to hear his voice. Amen? And so, and so there are, there are things that will help us grow in our maturity in love. So when we love people, we're not being, uh, shortchanged by the, the tactics of the enemy. Amen? The second way is, uh, is I put, a, I put away childish thought. Amen? Praise God. John F. Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Amen? And I don't know, I don't know any situation. Pastor Solo has not told me anything about what's going on in the church. But I'm just, I'm just gonna say it, cause if he had shared something, I wouldn't be able to say it. Amen? So I'm just saying it, okay? That maybe, maybe a good thing for us all to do as a member, mom, as you're coming to rejoin the church, ask yourself, not what Lincoln City Church can do for you. Ask yourself what you can do for Lincoln City Church. Amen? If you love your church, your mindset should be, what can I do? Amen. How can I be a blessing? Not am I, are my needs being met? Amen. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with getting your needs met. Amen. Every baby has to get its needs met. Every, I mean, every single one. And there's not, as it's totally normal. <laughs> Amen. But God wants to put some babies in your life where you're going to have to get your mind off of your own agenda and totally serve them. Wow. 
And when they turn the corner into maturity, brother, you're going to be the first guy shouting their progress. Amen. Amen. So a mature way of think to think about other people is Jesus, others, and then yourself. Galatians 6.3 says, For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he, de- he deceives himself. And I have a word for you married men. Just be honest. You married up. <laughs> Some people didn't get that. You definitely married up. If you don't think you married up, you're deceiving yourself. <laughs> Me, I got the revelation. (laughs) You'll get that in the middle of next week probably. If not, maybe Pastor Solo will preach a message just on that. (laughs) Amen. 1 Corinthians 8, 2, it says, And if anyone thinks that he knows anything and he knows nothing, as yet he ought to know, come on, as you grow up, your theories about life get disproved by life. Amen. You think, man, I've got it. It's like couples, couples said when I, when we were about to have, to have, we were believing for four children. We had four theories on how to raise them. We got four kids now and no theories. All the theories are gone. And you know, life has a way of making you grow up. Amen. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. That's a very popular scripture, but I love the context of the scripture. He says, Eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. Amen? You ever said to somebody, Sure, come on over any time. It's the famous, it's the famous saying of the South. Y'all come back now, you hear? And yet, that can be a little deceptive, you know? First time Solo tried that on an American household. It was, it didn't turn out exactly the right way. (laughs) You know, in Kenya, when they say come, they mean come. Anytime, any day, as many of you as you want to (laughs) come. And so it drives Americans crazy over there. You know, people are always in each other's homes. There's no... And so uh, you either get used to it, you die, or you leave. One of the, one of the three. <laughs> Amen. But, but everybody can read a fake. When you say, you know, you're okay and you're not okay. <laughs> Come on. We've got to be honest. Not, politely honest. But we've got to be honest. Amen. And honesty really, you know... Um, what, what I got out of this is that we really need to take responsibility not just for what our actions are or what we say, but for what we think. Jesus looks deeper than our actions. And we think if we do things a certain way, we'll cover ourselves what's really on the inside. But eventually that will come out, right? And so it's just, it's just better to, to don't deceive yourself in the first place. If you got a problem with something, be discreet about it, but speak the problem. <laughs> I mean, that's how relationships get sorted. Amen. Praise God. James, um, 126, it also is where we've already talked about it, but this is another 
angle of it. If anybody among, among you thinks he's religious and doesn't bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, uh, his religion is useless. Um, and really what it's talking about is that it's not just the, the fact that he doesn't bridle his tongue, but it's the, the fact that he deceives himself. The worst form of deception is self-deception. Amen? Praise God. Okay, number three, putting away childish reasoning or understanding. Mature in the way that you reason out, re- reason ab- about one another. Okay, Deuteronomy 12.8, it says, You shall not all do like you are doing here today, every man doing what is right in his own eyes. In other words, you need to grow up. We need to grow up in the way uh, <clears throat> we take responsibility for following the ways of God and looking at the ways of God, not just following because uh, my daddy did it, my granddaddy did it, you know, that way, because m- many people are caught um, in in many many of us many of the uh, there's a saying that uh, a, a book that I read many years ago really impacted me. Uh, about, it's a book by Daryl Miller called uh, "Discipling Nations Through the Power of Truth," but he said <clears throat> he said that um, what did he say? <laughs> I'm just turned 60, so almost 61. Uh, let, me, let me come back to that point. Amen. <clears throat> but he said, uh, he said, Satan lies at the level of culture. Some of the greatest, most deceptive lies of Satan are, are lies that you just take for granted because that's the way you were raised. And so living in a, in a culture different from my own for my own home culture, my host culture and my home culture are different. It's easier to see the contrast of cultures than it is when you're in your own environment all the time. That's one reason I think it's so awesome that this church is a multicultural church because you get to see yourself easier. Amen? I didn't realize how American I was. I mean, doggone American until I moved to Africa, you know? And I'm sure there's still some things, and I'll never, ever uh, see it. There'll probably be some things I'll never see until Jesus shows me in heaven one day and says, you know how American you were in that way? And, oh, really? <laughs> but, but it's amazing how when you, when you deal with, when you work with other people or you're around other people of different cultures, you can see your own culture much more clearly. Right. Amen? And so it's good. It's good to be in a multicultural church. Come on, give your hand self a hand clap for that. That's awesome. <clears throat> Missionary friend of mine, he was um, he was in Texas, West Texas, doing some fundraising, and he went to a, uh, an old church pastor, been pastor there for many years, never really had much dealings with anybody outside of his own culture, and so. Uh, this missionary was talking about Africa and all the wonderful things that God was doing. And so afterwards, they gave the offering. And then afterwards, they were having lunch together. The pastor says, him, he said, um, that's interesting that you're over there. He said, uh, how, why, why, why is it? He said, why is it that you go over there and preach to all them 
and he used a very derogatory term about African people <laughs> not knowing even what he was saying. And so the, the missionary looked at him and he said, uh, well, the reason I'm over there preaching the gospel is so that I can fill your corner of heaven with them. <laughs> Amen. I'm telling you, heaven is going to be a blast. <laughs> but it may be a culture shock for some of us. <laughs> <laughs> the first few days. <laughs> Amen? Come on. <laughs> first Corinthians 14.20 says, Brethren, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice, be babies. In under, but in understanding, be mature. Amen? I want to be mature in understanding, right? Hallelujah. Philippians 3.15 says, Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything, uh, any of you think otherwise, God will reveal this even to you. Praise the Lord. Amen? What is he talking about? The context of what he's saying is that I have, not that I've already attained or am already perfected. Amen? In other words, None of us can claim that we're fully mature here today. We're all works in progress. Amen. But the biggest question is, are you making progress in the process? Amen. And, and the only way you really make progress in the process is by pressing. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended it, but one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forward, to those things that are ahead. Amen? In other words, there's two things we need to leave in the past, and that's our failures. How many believe that? And our successes. <laughs> How many believe that? Because your success can make you lazy. Oh, did I say the word lazy? I'm sorry. Can... You see, our, my success in the past has a tendency to pull me down from pressing on, pressing in, and pressing forward. Amen? But we have a calling to press on to. Amen? Every one of us has a purpose for which God puts you on this earth. And it's through the press that we get there. Hallelujah. Amen? You know, salvation is free. Grace is 100% free and it will always be free. But to make progress, it takes work. To grow up, you got to face some stuff. Amen? Come on. Man, don't, don't shout me down now. <laughs> Amen. Proverbs 4, 15, it says, Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget, nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Amen? You gotta get it. You gotta go after it. Amen? And finally, 1 Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Praise God. But be an example to all the believers in what you say and the way you live and the way you love, your faith, your purity. Amen? And that, the, the thought behind that is just because you're young doesn't mean you don't, you can't be mature. Come on. I, I dare to say some of the most mature believers in this church are young believers, are young people. Amen. 
Amen. I can say that in my church because I'm one of the oldest guys in my church. <laughs> I'm probably, be, well, when, when mom goes back, when mom's not coming back with me, I'll be the second oldest in the church out of 2,000 people. <laughs> Maybe there's one other person that comes who's over 60. But most of them are between 20 and 30. Amen. But I'm telling you, there's some very mature believers there. You know, just think about the work that goes into just one Sunday service at that church. And you have hundreds of volunteers. And I loved driving up to the church half an hour, 45 minutes for the service this morning and seeing the, the amount of cars in the parking lot. That means there's something going on. That means there's some people giving it. Come on. Hallelujah. But I've, I've got to get up at 4.15 every Sunday morning because people are using my, my, my orphanage van to go get sound people, pick up sound people all over the city to be at church by 6 a.m. And they serve from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. every Sunday. These are people that have full-time jobs. These are people that are, that are struggling to make ends meet in life. <laughs> Amen? But they're mature. You see, they're, they're taking responsibility for the, for, the, for the weight that God has put on their shoulders. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Okay, so, <clears throat> so why does Jesus tell his disciples that they need to be converted and become like children to enter the kingdom of God? We find in Mark chapter 10, verse 15. Amen? Hallelujah. And I, I just want to share a, a quick revelation that the Lord gave me um, earlier this year from Genesis chapter 3. Praise God. It's, it's, from the, it's from the story of the deception in the Garden of Eden. And, you know, Satan came to Eve and he deceived her and he said, he actually, you know, a lot of people think he lied about God, what God had said in the garden. God had said, you can eat of any fruit of, the tr- of the, any tree in the garden except for the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen? And uh, so the Satan came and asked, what did, you know, Eve, what did he say? And she says, well, she even misrepresented the truth by, by adding another command to it by saying, even he, we can't touch it. But that's not what God said. He said, you, t- you can't, just can't eat it. Okay? But Satan um, came back to her with this. He says, For God knows in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. All right? It's amazing that he said that. A lot of people think he's, he lied about it, but he didn't lie. He just misrepresented the character of God. Because... When you go to verse 22, <clears throat> you see a conversation between, uh, between the, father, the Godhood, the, the Trinity in heaven. And they're saying, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he, be, he put out his hand and also take from the tree of life and eat and live forever... Then they kicked him out of the garden. Amen? So what is it saying? And this is what, you know, because I was saying, Lord, you know, why is it that you want us to become like little children? 
in what way do we need to become like little children? We've also read that one scripture that says malice. In malice, we need to be like little kids. What is malice? Malice is not forgiving. It's allowing that, that, that hurt to be buried inside of you and you, it never quite comes out until you go murder somebody. Or you murder them with your mouth. Or you do an action that's, that, you know, it's even more stupid, like killing yourself. I mean, there are people today that actually do stuff like that. It's the malice. We, sh- we need to be babies in malice. In other words, little kids, they don't, they don't have malice. They, they hurt each other on the playground and within two seconds they've forgiven each other and they're playing on. Right? That's the way we need to be. And, and then, <clears throat> so, so with, so with, uh, with the thing of, of, of the enemy, the, of Satan in the garden, the Lord was just saying to me this, that he gave me the thought. He asked me a question. He, he, he made me ask. He, he just, the thought came and the question came to my mind. What, what is, gonna, what is it going to be like? What was it like before the fall? What was it really like? What, what kind of personality came out? Not personality, but, you know, what were their hearts like before the fall? Before they had this knowledge of good and evil, what was it like? And it, the Bible does say they were, they were, they were naked and, and felt no shame. That was one area that was that changed immediately with the fall. But, but here's what I got in that the the fact that because of they now had this knowledge, they had to be kicked out of the garden. Lest they eat the, the, the tree of life and live in that condition forever. The Lord was preparing for redemption. Hallelujah. The redemption He was preparing for is that we once again would be converted to become like little children. Come on. And then I got a vision of heaven. What is heaven going to be like? Heaven's going to be innocence. Innocence. Amen. We need to prepare ourselves in this life for an innocent eternity. Come on. That means as, as, as everybody else is growing in the knowledge of good and evil, we say, well, what's wrong with the knowledge of good? There's nothing wrong with it, but if it replaces God, it's idolatry. Come on. And there are people that have given themselves over to idolatry of education. And don't worship God because of it. Come on. It's a great thing, but it can become an idol. Amen? And so, what, what does it mean? It means that we're going into a place where it's just going to be about Jesus and us. It's going to be about Jesus and the body. Amen. And there's going to be total innocence again. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's prepare ourselves. Romans chapter 16, verse 19. I'm going to close with the scripture where Paul says to the, to the Romans. Now that Rome, they're living in probably the most vile capital of the world <laughs> in history. Rome was decadent. It was full of sin. It was full of evil. But he said, I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Amen. Amen? 
And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Glory. And then he says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen? Isn't God good? I'm telling you, he gives us, he gives us that ability to just, to just be wise in what he wants us to be wise about. Amen? To be wise in our relationships, but to be innocent concerning evil. That's the, that's the goal. And I would just, I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to set a challenge to us today to grow up. Amen? To grow up in some areas. And to become childlike in the area of malice and in the area of of just loving Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. God bless you. Love you guys. Amen. Thank you. Amen.